comes, it's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 18 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in the Rambler, I will be hosting Hunter Sparkman. On this episode, Hunter joins me in the Rambler, and we hung out at the Percy Priest Dam on a nice spring day, and he shared his story. you got to be in the moment, because that experience, that moment, will be forever with you. And so, man, when I close my eyes and think about Christmas and Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house and and driving into the neighborhood, I can replay the entire drive from my hometown all the way to their house. Pulling up the drive, I can hear the sound of the creaking door as we open it. I can smell everything that's going on, you know, and I just, I will forever remember that. And it's because I was in the moment. Hunter is a singer-songwriter in Nashville and tours with New Legacy Project. He shares about the time their trailer with all their music equipment was stolen and how he walked away with a new perspective. I know that was not easy. Being on the road is not always easy, and he talks a bit about that and some of the struggles that go along with being away from home often. Make sure to hang around till the end as well. Hunter will sing a song that he wrote. Now a note from the local nonprofit of the month. This month I will be featuring Safe Haven Homeless Shelter. Go ahead and pull out your calendar and mark the date for November the 10th for Hike for the Homeless. It takes place at Edwin Warner Park and is a great event for families as well as individuals. There's a bunch of food and games and I don't know, they might be having some music this year. I'll find out a little bit more. Um, they did last year. But it's uh, it's a great way to raise awareness and money for the homelessness in Nashville. So it's definitely something that you want to uh, to check out. Safe Haven is the only shelter to housing program of its kind in Middle Tennessee that accepts the entire homeless family. They keep the family together and provide comprehensive services that empower them to achieve lasting self-sufficiency. Safe Haven helps families experiencing homelessness by providing for their immediate needs to shelter and stability. Next week, I'll have a conversation with Stacy Nunley. She's with uh, Safe Haven, and she'll be giving a little bit more insight into what they have going on, some of the programs, and more details about the hike. So, without further ado. Hello, Nashville. Today, I'm sitting with Hunter Sparkman. Um, we are in Hermitage, or is this considered Nashville? It's like right on the yeah, line. Right on the edge, yeah. We're, uh, we're at the Percy Priest Dam. And I was thinking it'd be really cool if that could be the backdrop, but you can't really get it perfectly. I know, right? Um, so we're actually close to the interstate, so you might hear, hear a little, uh, a little background. The traffic hustle noise. and bustle of the great city. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and actually, if you've never been out to this area, they got an awesome greenway, and this is one of the trailheads. Absolutely. That'll take you all the way downtown. That's right. Yeah. I took it the other day. I was just cruising. I was like, I'm gonna keep riding and riding more, and then I ended up to uh, uh, Riverside Grill Shack. In East Nashville? Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. burger joint? Mm-hmm. Really good. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, sitting here with Hunter, and actually, it's spring break, so uh, my son Bryce is hanging out with us. Say hi, Bryce. Hi. 
the great Bryce. <laughs> and actually, ironically, so today I'm sitting and Bryce is like, hey, can I, can I come to the podcast? Because, you know, being spring break. And I was like, ah. And then I remembered that actually Hunter um, used to work at the YMCA. Long time and, ago. And handled, uh, handled child care. Very <laughs> gentle guy. And uh, he, uh, he watched Bryce. The humble beginnings. <laughs> How long ago was it? Gosh, man. It's was been, it like eight years ago? Yeah, it's been about eight years ago. Because so. Bryce was, he would have been, you know, that in that age. Yeah, um, so. I, think, uh, I think the last time I was there, he was probably about four. Uh-huh. So it's amazing. Grown up cool. too much, buddy. That's Grown cool. up too much. Um, all right, so Hunter, he's a lead singer for New Legacy Project. Um, yeah. He's a versatile Christian recording artist, writer, and musician from Nashville. Um, actually, I got to hear him rock rock the mic and Reckless Love, right? Oh, yeah, Reckless Love um, on Sunday, Last yeah. Sunday. So he's uh, he's sung at our church quite often. Um Man, it's great to hear him. So, yeah, man. So yeah. fun to have you on the podcast. Thanks, man, thanks for, for having joining me. me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's good to be here. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, dive in. So I have what I start out as the speed round. All um, right. It's usually never very speedy, but we'll see. <laughs> it's uh, all right. We'll how make it, it works. happen. Um, all right. So how long have you lived in Nashville? Um, well, I've lived in Nashville for 13 years now. Okay. Yeah, originally from uh, Clinton, Mississippi. Okay. Southern boy, born and raised. What's uh, Clinton known for? Uh, Clinton's known for, uh, well, one of the best high school football teams in uh, the state. We oh, yeah? just, um, yeah, we just won the state championship uh, two seasons ago. And uh, also uh, just me. Yeah. <laughs> just you, right? Just me, man. <laughs> that's enough for you. That's that's pretty awesome. No, we, we've got, we've had quite a few people come out from there. Shelly Fairchild, famous uh, musician here in Nashville. Okay. She's a great singer. Uh, she's from Clinton. Lance Bass of NSYNC, he's from Clinton. Oh, okay, nice. Actually had his mom as my teacher in seventh grade. Oh, so. really? Yep, yep. So, wow, that's cool. Yeah, he's from there. And uh, yeah, man, we've got a long storied history, so yeah. it's good. It's cool. good. So, um, why did you move to Nashville? I moved here to pursue music. I mean, I knew from 10 years old that um, I knew I wanted to do music. So uh, I was at a concert with my dad, and and uh, when I was 10 years old, tugged on his shirt, pointed to the stage, and said, I want to do that for the rest of my life. And there was never anything else after that. So uh, I just knew, and I just wanted to move here. So college was about two years, and then I took off. So yeah. So you back. didn't you didn't come here to work at the YMCA? Oh yeah. Well, you know that was my like uh, <laughs> that was my main goal. But if the music thing worked out, then it would, it would supersede that. So you can always come back to that, right? Absolutely. Great fallback. That's plan. funny. And you said you moved from Clinton, Mississippi. Yep. Um, so what part of town do you currently live in now, and why did you choose that location? I live in Donaldson, and I uh, chose that location because when I first moved here, I've actually lived in Hermitage, Donaldson area my whole time here. It reminds me a lot of my where I grew up. So yeah. just easy access to downtown where the fun is and out to Mount Juliet where there's some fun, but not as much fun as downtown. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's even funny. Like some of these little restaurants and little dives that try to make it, it just, they just don't have the activity. I don't know what yeah. it is, you know, yeah, I guess, tough. I mean, I, there's still a lot of, a lot of room for growth, I think. So yeah, Donaldson definitely is growing. I think it's um, on its way to being the next East Nashville for oh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah, so. Donaldson. Well, yeah, and I was kind of referring to Mount Juliet. Uh, well, and I think too, probably when you think about Donaldson and even Mount Juliet, like because I'm live right in the Hermitage. You know, I mm -hmm. live in Mount Juliet, but just across the Hermitage line. Sure. And you know, it's just as easy to 
13 minutes to downtown. Absolutely. So why not cruise down there to experience it versus, you know, trying to find somewhere in Mount Juliet? You know? Right. And I mean, in Mount Juliet, what is it? What it is in its own right is is perfect. I mean, yeah. I've seen that blow up like crazy. Oh yeah, definitely so, nuts. So what's uh, what's your favorite restaurant? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have. I don't think I have a favorite because I just kind of go around and try new things. Um, I'm a adventurous eater, so I just kind of you couple know, yeah, couple I can't that come, land a certain place. Couple that come to mind. Uh, man, recently Rolf and Daughters. Yeah, uh, it was amazing, and I had a great experience at a place called Milk and Honey down in the Gulch. I think I've heard of that one, but yeah. I. I haven't tried it yet. It's solid, man. It's really nice. That's cool. Um, favorite hobby? Oh gosh, uh, golf. Okay. Golf is frustrating as it is. I, I love golf, so. Nice. Um, I joked whenever somebody had asked me to be on their uh, their team. Um, they were doing a scramble, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I really don't want to. They're like, I'm oh, trying to convince me. You know, I said, <laughs> look, I said my handicap's so bad. I need a wheelchair. <laughs> and then I said, uh, I said, man, if I got stuck in the sand. I might as well just sit on my knees and build a sandcastle, you know, because I'm not getting it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always thought those were pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, man. This is good for the Rolodex for sure. Uh, so tell me something uh, unique about yourself. Uh, unique about myself. Um, man, I'm um, a hardcore Kentucky Wildcats fan. Okay. Uh, to the point of uh, I've thrown things. I've yelled a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I'm necessarily proud of it. I don't know if I should mention that on this podcast because now it's forever out there. <laughs> But, but uh, especially around this time of year, uh, basketball, man, of course, because Kentucky has no football team, basically. So, yeah. Um, so we're right in the thick of it right now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it happens. It happens. Absolutely. I've, uh, I've seen myself over the years, you know, tone it down a bit when I realized how much it would, you know, get me riled up. And now it's kind of fun to go to Arkansas alumni events. And um, see see these fresh out of college people, you know, get all rah and throwing whatever they can out their mouth, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh, you know, it's yeah, fun. Man. Let's just hang. So, oh, but yeah. I think ever since Petrino, you know, took a dive off the bike, it kind of I said, you know what? It's yeah, we've been kind of mediocre. So. Took a dive off the bike. Well put. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's other stories around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where's uh, where's um, one of the most exciting places you visited? Oh man, uh, the Pacific Northwest. We go there every year on tour, and I, I always love that. I have a real affinity for that. Also, uh, in Italy. I've been to Italy before, um, traveled through Venice and landed in Milan and, and all through there. So I absolutely love Italy. I want to go back. I thought about moving there for a summer when I was in college, you know, but everything's romantic in college. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I haven't experienced it yet. I was working about 110 hours a week while Natalie was uh, studying abroad for five weeks there. And yeah, man. I, was, uh, I was paying off debt. Well, you know, that'll <laughs> limit your experience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny story with that. I don't know if I've told it on here or not. But uh, so I'm in the same school with Natalie and she was going through the business, um, business department. And I'm like, man, I'm going. And so I really wanted to go because, I mean, she's going and everybody's going. I'm like, I'm going to go. But something finally said, you can't afford this. You can't do this. So... I decided against it. So to tell you how much I shouldn't have been going is 
before I could call and tell them not to deposit my my three hundred dollar check, they did, and I had checks bouncing. Left oh right. no! <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's probably a sign I cannot afford this. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I worked my butt off. Well, you got to go back, uh, man. I, I won't. I, well, yourself. I want to go. Yes, okay. I uh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So now we'll dive into some uh, some deeper questions. All right. Who or what influenced you to pursue music? Oh, man. I grew up in the golden age of Christian music. I mean, the stuff now is, is good, but back in the day when, you know, Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, like in their heyday, Rich Mullins, all those guys mm-hmm. really influenced me and inspired me to write and start kind of experimenting with my love of music and what what that means to me. So that would be my inspiration. And, mm-hmm. then, and then also my dad, too. I mean, he's, he's a minister of music back home and a real big supporter of mine. My mom is too, and but my dad was very encouraging in in uh, getting me to move to Nashville. Um, okay, you know it's hard to tell your parents you want to drop out of college and pursue music. Wow. Um, but uh, he he showed a lot of grace, man. It was it was amazing. So that's where my inspiration comes from. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Not not only to show you the grace that you dropped out, but to you know push you along to pursue it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good dad. Good dad. Great. Um, so if you had to write a few songs about some major mile markers in your life, what would the song lyrics consist of? Boy, I mean, you know, we're in Nashville, so country. So, I mean, heartache and, you know, lessons you learn, you know, relationships that, that didn't work out or, or did work out. And then just uh, the grace and mercy of God. I mean, really, because without that. And, uh, man, I just I have no idea, honestly, where I'd be. So I'm mm-hmm. just very, very, as cliche as that is, it's so true. And right. uh, I don't think you could ever say that enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. He might be sitting up there going, really, dude, again? <laughs> Stop with it, please. I get it. Grace, mercy, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, he might be going, oh, yeah, giving you a fist bump, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, so if you had four front row tickets to see UK football team play in the national championship, Okay, so maybe we'll do basketball. Yeah, because uh, that's <laughs> that not gonna happen. <laughs> who, who have you? Who has had some uh, of the most influence in your life that you would invite, and why? Oh man, well, um, my my granddad, he was a pastor. Uh, started in the ministry when he was right out of high school, I believe, and he pastored a church for thirty years um, in Yazoo City, Mississippi, and just a hard man but a good man and uh then my grandmother his his wife they're they're both gone now but i would love okay. to have them with me to experience that because mm-hmm. they they foster my love of the wildcats uh, mm-hmm. my mom did as well so um and then uh then my mom i think uh those those three would come with me because they're they're all lovers of the wildcats mm-hmm. and uh my mom is very much a perfectionist musically okay uh, she's an amazing pianist and a really great teacher, um, but definitely drove me to be the musician that I am. Because you know, when you when you want to uh, really impress somebody that you really look up to musically and, and see their talent and their ability, then it does drive you to be better. So, right. so those three, I think that's a no brainer for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so they'd rather see basketball than football game, I guess. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all made some strides sometimes. In the, we in did. The I mean, football. yeah, we, we've yeah. come a long way. Um, yeah, I went to the Music City Bowl this past year and uh, saw Kentucky play, and uh, we got robbed in that game. But still, 
you know, I think every football fan that's, yeah. that loses the game says we got robbed. <laughs> I had friends that every time after every Tennessee game, it was, well, we could have, should have, would have. And I'm like, man, if every team should could have would have, we'd all be number one. Yeah, you know? man. I mean, yeah, Kentucky <laughs> that's beat. Part of it. Yeah, Kentucky beat UT basketball Sunday, and just had a guy uh, say, you know, we gifted that to you. Right, I mean, right. We beat you. Right. <laughs> so, or yeah, you got those. Well, we beat so and so and so and so, and even though this team killed us, but they barely beat this, so that makes right. us that much better. Yes. I mean, I guess technically that does kind of come true in, to some degree <laughs> in BCS rankings. Yes. Um, how do you continue to keep yourself sharpened in the music scene? Is it just more experience, or do you do continuing ed? Man, I think uh, I think it's just you know continue to just experience it every day. You're hearing things, you're listening to things that you learn different things about different music, and you say, okay, well maybe I can you know give that to mine, or you know you kind of draw from. If you kind of close yourself off, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's going to really limit you. But if you just experiment with everything, listen to all the things that are out there, man, it's it's cool to see the evolution of kind of who I was as a writer mm-hmm. and now who I am. And I, I'm, I'm quite proud of that. So um, what music do you incorporate with? I mean, is it is it mainly Christian music or do you have other music you listen to that kind of gives you, because obviously you can bring different musical elements of sure. to writing and stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I'm writing, I mean, I, I kind of write everything. I get into country okay. phases. I get into Christian phases, worship stuff. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's just whatever is inspiring me, inspiring me at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I listen to all kinds of music, man. I mean, even when I'm working out, you know, I'm listening to like some rap and stuff, right, just right. to kind of motivate me. So, yeah. So you you never know what you'll find out there. Natalie <laughs> kind of got irritated at me the other day because I, uh, man, I just threw some. He was listening to probably some Toby Mac or NF, and I, I had my earbuds on. I had some Luda. Ludicrous. Nice. And I, I was just like, oh man, it just made me want to dance. And Natalie really didn't <laughs> didn't like my dancing. <laughs> uh, so uh, pretend you have to write a meaningful social media post. It can't be the normal post that we so often want to write about how glamorous our life is. You need to be real about some struggles you have had in your life. What would you? What would that post consist of? And how did you face that struggle and come out a better man? Gosh, that's a that's a really we're getting in there, aren't we? Um, man, I, I I just I actually just wrote one um, recently that uh, I was riding back on the plane from Phoenix, and I, I wrote it as food and experience, and I started writing about the memories that come with food and, and experiences and being started talking about my grandparents' house and seeing them and Thanksgiving and Christmas and. And just what kind of that means to me. And truly, man, uh, struggles over the years, man, of being like up here, it, gets, it can get lonely, mm-hmm. you know. And so that leads to other things. And you can just kind of friendship, man. I think mm-hmm. I think just that w- that's what I posted about was yeah. just people and food and being truly in the moment. Because mm-hmm. so often I get brought out of the moment so quickly, you know, I, with the like today or last night, I took my watch off, my Apple Watch, and I had it plugged in, but I kept looking at it for the time. Like, it, it went on my, on my wrist. And so, like, I can be brought out of the moment so much. Right. As far as for, it's funny we're talking about social media and being brought out of the moment, but that's how I just reminded myself, and I want to remind others that, you know, you got to be in the moment. Because mm-hmm. that experience, that moment, 
will be forever with you. And so, man, when I close my eyes and think about Christmas and Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house and mm. and driving into the neighborhood, I can replay the entire drive from my hometown all the way to their house. Pulling up the drive, I can hear the sound of the creaking door as we open it. I can smell everything that's going on, you know, and I just... I will forever remember that. Mm -hmm. And it's because I was in the moment. And I think we've lost a lot of that these days. It's so easy to get lost because there's so many distractions around. But, you know, even right now, like I'm, I'm looking around and I'm hearing the sounds outside mm -hmm. and you can smell the good air. And, and it really is. This is it's a good moment. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that would be, I guess, yeah. the post. Man. I love it. <laughs> so um, I, and, and songs do that, too. You know, it's funny Absolutely. how songs could take you just all the way back, you know. Yes. Um, but, yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm picturing, you know, a young Bryce, you know, coming in with, I want an electronic. And, uh, you know, so caught up in that or even listen to the music instead of being in that moment of your grandpa or grandma, you mm -hmm. know, opening the door and, you know, having that experience. So, yeah, I think that's very important. And it made me think I was watching Daddy, too. Have you seen mm -hmm. that one? Daddy? I haven't seen that yet. Mm -hmm. Was it Daddy too? Yeah. Anyways, there was one scene where, um, and I was going to video it and post it on Facebook, but uh, so the daughter was, you know, at a play or something like that, or no, she was singing, and the mom's like, "Give me your phone! I'm going to slap you, kid!" You know, because she wanted to take that picture in the right. moment, and so often I'm like, just. Be in the moment. Like you right. don't have to capture every picture, because because you know it's funny. Like I wonder what the what the average of people that actually go through all their gazillion pictures and look through them, you know, right. versus you know so worried about getting the perfect picture instead of just just be present. Right. You know, it's gonna it, it'll if it needs to stay there, it'll stay there. You know? Well, we didn't we didn't have that. You know, right, at all. I mean, we didn't have that, and so and still, if I looked at a picture of those moments. Yeah, I'd have the memories, but man, it's more than a picture. Mm -hmm. It's it's a snapshot inside your mind and your soul. Mm -hmm. It's it very much speaks to you. So that's that's why I can so vividly remember because I was so present. Right, right. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Great, uh, great advice. So life is moving along. You are, um, yeah. I'll, I'll type these up, and sometimes I'm like, and this is exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to read. <laughs> So life is moving along. You are belting out your great voice, loving life, living the dream. In a flash, all your work was taken from you. What do you do to gain perspective? Pick up the pieces and move forward. Um, let's see. That's a good man. That's good. And I and I, I asked that kind of too because I know you, your band just experienced a moment where something like that was. You know. Yeah, we did. Um, on the road, Bakersfield, California. Which it's funny because every time we tell somebody we were in Bakersfield when this happened, they're like, "Oh, you, that was your mistake." <laughs> or like, "I wish we would have known it was that bad," you know. And uh, man, one night um, we left for three hours, dropped our trailer in the parking lot at the hotel, and left to go eat, I think, and came back and it was gone, stolen. And $40,000 worth of equipment, just gone, just like that. And so, yeah, it just, it does, it causes you to kind of say, okay, what is our purpose? What are we doing out here? Why was, why did this happen to us? All the questions that go through your mind, but you do, you take, uh, take perspective and, and, uh, I think you just learn. I mean, one thing we learned is we're not going to drop our trailer right. unless we, unless we have like, you know, Fort Knox type locks on there, you know, um, a and boot yeah, something. boot. Yeah. We, we definitely invested in a couple of things. Um, but I think, I think too, it, it kind of helped me kind of look at it and go, mm, 
I was a little into stuff, you know? You get caught up in stuff and you take it for granted. Um, our sound equipment, man, was we were blessed with it. It's such a good, such good sound equipment and then it's all gone. And so when that stuff is gone, who are you? You know, what is your character? Because you can't be defined by stuff because it just fades. Mm-hmm. And so you have to invest and in, and really take stock of uh, who you are uh, individually and as a group. And where you go from there is really a defining moment. Right. Which yeah. y'all y'all went on, right? Yeah, we're doing all right, man. Yeah, we, we, got, we didn't get our stuff back. Right. That stuff's probably... It's across the border somewhere, you know, yeah. it's already gone. But uh, If anything, maybe somebody's, you know, using it to play some praise music, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Doubt I it. hope so. Doubt <laughs> it, but hope so. Yeah, man, the only thing they didn't steal were the Bibles, which they needed I the most. I saw the picture of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so they left all of the boxes of the Bible. They left all the Bibles, but they took all the Christian music CDs and, you know, Golf clubs, anything that had anything some value that has, to them, yeah. Anything and everything, man. Even stuff that didn't have value, they just took yeah. it, you know, sorted out later. So yeah, they were pros. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a bummer. Did they really well, take, like everything except for the Bibles. They did take everything except for the Bibles. Yeah, yes. it would be a bummer. I often think because you know where I leave this and I lock it here and there, and I'm like, as much as I put into this, mm-hmm. not even from a monetary standpoint, for, but from my hands, right? It's like, God, if this thing ever came up missing, like I'm thinking about getting a GPS on it, you know? Sure. I have insurance on it, but that that wouldn't make up for the time that I put in it. No, absolutely. Know? So, when you when you are sitting down to write a song, but you're stuck, you just can't get the creative juices flowing. You want to just go veg. How do you stay focused and get the job done? Well, that's a tough one for me because, I, man, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of just, like, abandoning it, you know. Maybe I'll come back to it later. But uh, I've had I've had a few grind sessions where I've just really tried to grind it out, and I usually end up hating it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I usually end up hating it. And uh, But, I mean, I think that's all about songwriting, right? I mean, it's it's a craft. you got to hone your craft. And if you have a song that's tough that you can't get through or you got through it but you don't love it, it's constantly revisiting it, rewriting it, and just thinking of better things. So um, I have friends for that that I, I hit mm-hmm. up, you know, and say, hey, listen, I got this lyric. What do you think about this? And you know, I, I can't promise them credit, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to critique. You're not getting 10%. <laughs> right, right, right. I like that. So sometimes you just got to move on. Sometimes right? you just got to move on, park it, Absolutely. You know, come back to it. Yeah. And then sometimes grind it out. Yeah. I think when we put ourselves out there, when we're on a platform, we hope to make a difference in people's lives. How do you hope you are impacting others around you? Well, I mean, I hope I'm a positive influence for sure. Um, I hope that I show that it's okay to be real, that it's okay to kind of be yourself. Um, that's something that I've learned over the 13 years of being here in Nashville. You know, you grow up in a small town, minister's kid, you have to put on a face, man, Yeah, every day. Like, it's not that I wasn't being real for those years, but um, still, there's a certain expectation that comes with being in the spotlight. And I think that especially now with this group, with New Legacy Project, uh, one of the greatest compliments that we can receive uh, is not that we sound great, not that we are great singers, look great, whatever. It's that we are genuine. Mm-hmm. And and we get that quite often, which is cool, from pastors and stuff that they say, you know, these guys are the real deal. And that's, that's always super encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think I've deviated from the question a bit. But, no, I don't think so. But yeah, the positive influence, uh, just that, that I can show people that right. it's okay to be genuine. 
Right. Um, and uh, that, you know, it's scary. It's scary to bear yourself, man, to really right. show people your true self. Because this day and age especially, everybody's really critical. And, uh, and so you open yourself up to that for sure. But in the long run, uh, people are going to benefit from your story. Mm-hmm. And so why, why hide it? Which is so interesting because it's like I'm a, it's it's like you got the social media aspect, which you know all social media is not you know glamorous, right? I mean, there's people that get real, um, but then yeah, then you got the platform. Because I was thinking about you know um, we have a new teaching pastor. Well, you've heard him, mm-hmm. and even in some conversations, like just how easy it is to just be so critical of somebody that's on the platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know on the one side of it that okay we we put ourselves out there so. You know, you you know that's going to happen, but then we people can be so critical, just like of sports, right? Yeah, dude's not performing, get him out of there. But so it's just so interesting how social media is is um, it could be a facade, and how you know there's been you know attachments to depression and stuff like that because people that aren't experiencing life, they're experiencing it through Facebook, and it depresses them because like this week we wanted, I'm like, ah, you know, it'd be nice to be on the beach right now. And I was going to take a ski trip, but we're not going to this year. And, you know, when you see people skiing, you're like, oh, God, I would love to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can't get caught up in that. But then the other thing, too, and I've, I've heard this so often, even on the interviews, is people want the transparency, the vulnerability, you know. So yes. it's so interesting that, you know, you have two polar opposites. And I guess it's because that social media aspect is out there. And then, of course, people, you know take it and use it and abuse it you know? yeah well here's my so, you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's kind of i was kind of all over but it's just interesting how so many different opposing things within that yeah well here's my thought about that is is you know you said people want vulnerability but i think they're afraid of it man mm-hmm. you know yeah. people want that honesty they're craving that that honesty but man when you give it when you give it when you mm-hmm. give that when you let them into like your real life it's you know, people well, want to stay yes, away. It is true. It's so like, it's it's interesting, man. It's like catch twenty two. You just threw up on me. Uh, <laughs> you made a like you know. <laughs> and I use and I used to do that a lot more often. Like Natalie, you know, there is this balance. You can't just be throwing up all the time because then people are like, dude. At some point, you just got to like own up. You are owning up, but you got to do something about it. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's maybe it is that part of where people enjoy it because. They love hearing it because it makes them feel normal because mm-hmm. they're doing the same stuff. Then it also is so hard for people to do. Oh yeah, you know, not only sometimes to go, you know, somebody might it might be a turnoff. You know, if I started opening up to you, you might be like, dude, oh, that's too much. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, right? But at the same time, you know, people like it too because it, it's helpful. Absolutely. You know? So absolutely. Over the last few years, I've spoken with a lot of people and have heard a lot of great ideas. I myself am always thinking of something new. Fear often holds us back from trying something new. What advice would you give to listeners who are stuck? I just I wish that I would just think about the experiences you're missing out on. You know, I've never been skiing, but I went skiing for the first time last year. And while that's not really necessarily a, a fearful thing for me. Man, it was great. Such an amazing experience that I can't wait to go back again. We're going to go this year, but the snow up in the northwest uh, hasn't been great. Northeast has been getting pounded. But, um, but yeah, and so I would just say think about the experiences that you're missing out on. Um, got a friend that doesn't want to get up in front of people and sing. 
terrified by it, but they can sing. And so I just think, why not get out there and try it? Because you never know who, one, you're missing out on the experience of it, but two, you're holding back somebody else from the blessing and the experience of that as well. So while you're afraid to do something, you never know who else could benefit from that too. So that's mm-hmm. my advice is if you're stuck, just think about who you're missing out on the experience with and also for yourself. I mean, you benefit greatly right. if you step out. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, what if all the musicians who that originally were, you know, a fear of getting out in front, mm-hmm. if they just said, nah, we're not doing this. Like, that'd be a pretty bummer to all of us people that do not have any music talents and just want to turn the radio up. Would have, it'd be quiet. I know, it'd be just yeah. weird, Or you would, have, you would have some people that didn't have the fear and go, well, no one else will do it, I'll do it. And it's like, dude, you suck. Right, like, right. You don't need to be up there. Yeah, man, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that focus on the experience you're missing out on. Yeah, man. I can't think of, like, how much, I'm a food guy again, but I, I'm an adventurous eater. And if I'm going to go, if you're an adventure seater. Uh, no, no, no. He's totally All right. opposite. We're this pointing at you. Bryce. This is for you, Bryce. Yeah. Listen. I, I'm going to try anything once. And if you don't like it, you never have to try it again. And I love the fact that if I can try anything, I don't have to eat it again. But, man, I might love it. And sushi was that for me. I went one night with a friend, uh, with a group of friends uh, in college after a concert. And I'd never had it. We were all there hanging out, laughing and cutting up, and it was a sushi restaurant, so I went for it. Man, I am a mm-hmm. big fan of sushi. Gosh. Yeah, it's funny. I think I, I didn't I didn't try it that much, just because really, I mean, I didn't have, I don't know, I just never did. And then, and I think also it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to eat sushi, like it's this, you know, elegant, you know, right. thing. But but then I ate it. I'm like, man, this is good. You know, yeah. I love getting that wasabi and too much of it, and it just flares your brain up. You know, <laughs> yeah. just for an instant. You know, right. But that's the thing I think, and Bryce could definitely agree, and would get frustrated at you know how I probably go about trying to encourage him. But it's like when you think about that experience and the food, and just like you said, you know, um, and to just to think, God, what you're missing out on because you. Because you want to stick your tongue to it, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, I'm just... So it's tough, you know? Yeah, it's real tough. tough. But, uh, but again, what are you missing out on? Absolutely. Know? What's what's greater? So uh, what advice would you give musicians that are pursuing their dream? How do they stick out from other competition? I don't know. Just, just be yourself. Just be yourself. Um, and when you get discouraged thinking it's not going to happen for you... Just keep going. It's going to happen. It may not happen in the way you think it's going to happen, but it's it's something's going to happen. Because if you keep, history's proven that if you keep pressing on and keep bettering yourself, honing your craft, doing your thing, then some kind of success, whether big or small, is going to happen. That's another thing, too, is this, take the small victories. You know, you can't just be looking for, man, I'm not, I'm not up there singing in the lights. I'm not up there on the stage in front of thousands of people. I'm talking to myself a little bit right now too, but uh, it's the little things, man. It's the little victories. So take those for sure to heart. It was interesting, man. Recently, I was on a trip with my dad and went to this hotel and this guy that I met, one of the desk clerks, uh, he said uh, he was in music and he had been just kind of playing around with different groups. And I said, well, how long have you been in Nashville? He said, oh, I've been there for four years. I said, oh man. I said, well, hold on, because 
it took me 10 years. They say it's a 10 year town. And I think that holds true hmm. 10 years, man. And then I finally got this, the gig that I'm on right now with, you know, singing lead for a great contemporary gospel group and mm-hmm. touring the country 200 days a year. So he was like, man, I appreciate that. You know? So I just think, hold on and take the small victories when you can get them. And that just keeps building and building and building. And then suddenly you've got this, this great thing that you're in. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Thank you, Bryce. So from the great words of Timothy in 4-7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When your journey is over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? One thing I absolutely love is leading worship. And I think the legacy I want to leave is when I was doing that, did people truly experience like the, the Holy Spirit? Did they mm-hmm. experience true worship? Was it ever about me? And I, I hope when I get to the end, that it was never about me. Too often we get caught up in the performances and, and how things sounded. And while that's all fine, I think the end goal is to truly experience worship. And so mm-hmm. that's that I constantly lead people into that. And uh, I don't know if I honestly do right now. I mean, um, and I'm not talking about specifically on stage, like on Sunday mornings, but just in my life. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's that's what I want to leave because, man, I think about my dad, you know, and he's mm. truly one of the greatest men I've ever known. And every time I see him or or anybody who talks about him, it's like, man, that guy always smiles. Or I just see him. He's Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and that's 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 ultimately what you want. That's what you want. right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So not only from a from a musical standpoint, but from just living life, too. Yeah. You know, what what are you reflecting? You yeah, know? absolutely. You're reflecting what you truly believe and want to be about. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Anything else you want to add? No, just uh, go cats and, um, you know, i just going to keep grinding, man, musically. You know, you just always better yourself. I think that's just what it all comes back to is every day, and I'm super guilty of this, every day I'm just, I wake up and, and maybe it's the day that I don't, you know, I don't better myself or I just want to sit around and not do anything. But there's not always another day. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you doing with this day? Right. So that's yeah. it. Love it. So where can, uh, where can the guests find you? Uh, guests can find me on uh, newlegacyproject.com or um, facebook.com slash newlegacyproject. Uh, that's going to be my main place. Um, or Hunter Sparkman. You can look me up on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Haven't updated those in a while. Uh, or Twitter, so uh, I or did, Instagram. I did see you had a link to MySpace too. Yeah, you know, got to hold on to that MySpace, man. It's coming back. It's gonna make come back. <laughs> yeah, is it still out there? Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, that's. What I clicked yeah. on it. I was like, oh, that's no. a, How long yeah. ago was that? That was a oh, long time that's been ago. a long time. That's how long it's been probably yeah, since I dated it. <laughs> that's strange. oh, the old MySpace. Fu- it's funny because I don't, and I guess I wasn't into uh, into social media as much, you know, then or something because I I don't remember a whole lot of it, but. Actually, I do probably remember spending too much time on it. <laughs> <laughs> if there's something to be spent time on social media-wise, I was probably on it all the time. All right, all right. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so now we're going to hear you play a, play a song. Awesome, man. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed Hunter's story. I have enjoyed hearing him sing at the Fellowship from time to time. Next week, Vincent Baglisi joins me in The Rambler. He is one of my first non-Nashville guests. I'm in a mastermind group he runs, and he was in town from Pittsburgh for a local podcast conference, so I thought he would be a great fit to tell his story and how he's impacting others. 
He recently wrote a book called Freelance to Freedom. The book is about his journey to financial freedom and overall life freedom. He has a lot of great insight and wisdom and some pretty cool stories to share on the podcast as well as his book. So make sure to check that out, Freelance to Freedom. Thanks again for tuning in to Nashville Untold. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share it, subscribe, and if you have a minute, leave a review. Make sure to check out the show notes for more details on Hunter and ways to connect with him. As far as the sponsors, if you have not picked up on it yet, I'm a realtor in the Nashville area with a focus on residential real estate and real estate investing. I'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. You can also give Brandon Hutchison a call with the Legacy Mutual Mortgage for all of your lender needs and Limestone Title and Escrow for any title needs. Now turn up the volume and listen to Hunter sing a song. Uh, yeah, this song is called Home. Uh, actually, it's the first song that I ever really wrote. Well, I wrote a few songs before this on guitar, but uh, but I lived with a family for two and a half years, and uh, the husband was a Grammy award-winning writer for Broken Road, Bobby Boyd. Um, man, they're such a great family. And uh, anyway, I, w- I would write songs and bring them to him. He would be right upstairs. I was staying in the house where the studio was. So I'd bring him upstairs and play him for him. And, and every time, man, it was, you know, it was always something. And I'm glad that it was because it really helped me hone my craft. But he would be like, man, I love that song, but here's this. I love that song, but here's this. And then this song, I brought it up to him and he's like, I have nothing to say about that song. And so this song's really special uh, to me because of that. And also, uh, man, I, I wrote it in like 15 minutes. It was crazy. I was sitting back on their couch one day at that house and saw a Bible on the shelf, and it just spawned this whole story. And so uh, this is kind of this is one of my favorite songs I've ever written, man. The years are slowly 
fading as she lays down in bed and the aches are getting stronger since the sickness has spread and she knows any day now she'll be seeing him Sometime overnight she leaves with a smile on her face And anybody who knew her knows she's in a better place As she's gone away To see the love of her life a beautiful song about the saints marching on then the preacher stood in front of the church and said don't you worry she's not hurting you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes and be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time, 